And now, one from the Blart. We talk about Paul Blart, mall cop. And welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Hello, and I'm Brock Mahan. Hey, Brock. Brock is here, not hey, Elliot. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is, but. Uh, no, we don't know what his deal is. He didn't even give us an excuse this time. Like, he's like, I don't think I can do it this week. And, yeah, like, uh, I showed up with a big, uh, big bag, I guess, a bag of Popeye's chicken, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he wasn't here. Very <laughs> odd, because he never misses a, uh, a chance to. Uh, um, like expound eat. upon an issue yeah exactly. yeah or have popeye's chicken <laughs> yeah like i have expected when i opened up the the bag i guess of popeye's chicken that he would like come floating in like <laughs> like his nose lifted up by the the smell of the popeyes <laughs> yeah like twinkling his toes or something i you know in his absence i think we should all feel free to make up reasons why he's not here okay Stuart, do you have one uh no i you just sprung this on me dude i'm not actually that good <laughs> okay brock i think he's thrill killing somebody okay, okay that's that's pretty cool like I leopold that's the only and way... or lobe exactly I'm, i hear this the only way he can maintain an erection now is through uh <laughs> okay. taking someone else's life <laughs> nice yeah. and then uh and then capturing their soul in his mouth at, at their mm-hmm. moment of expiration <laughs> so uh brock yes why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Pretend uh, that we don't know who you are. Well, I'm a, a, a television writer professionally. Wow. Um, professionally. Professionally, You're yes. selling yourself well, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. It's uh, on my resume. Um, uh, so I write for a show on uh, on True TV called The Smoking Gun Presents World's Dumbest. Uh, call your cable provider for details. Um, <laughs> so that, that's what I do professionally, amateurishly. Um I guess uh, I used to host a podcast on uh, East Village Radio uh, called Fist City, uh, in which uh, Dan was a frequent contributor. Wait, Fish City or Fist? Fist, si- yeah. Fist, okay. Fist, yeah. Named after the Loretta Lynn song. Oh, okay. Mm. So you're familiar to the medium, uh, the low-rated medium of podcast. I am, but I got to say, I uh, hats but, off to to the setup that you have here. I'm impressed by the uh, the micro uh, the microphone screens. That you have on here, <laughs> uh, which is something that uh, you're impressed that they're not bare microphones. I am very impressed. They're uh, the lack of sibilant s's brought to you yeah. by Dan McCoy's uh, technical know-how. You know, say all the p words you want. No pops. Yeah, amazing. Uh, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, sound geek stuff. I was just looking at a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah's magazine. I yeah, say. it's pretty good this month. So we watched a movie tonight, and it was called... Wait, what do we do on this podcast again? Well, to reset it. That's what you say in radio. you gotta okay. set, you got to reset it. Uh, we watch a bad movie, and then we chat about it a little bit. Sure. And so tonight, the movie that we watched was Paul Blart, Mall Cop. It's a pretty catchy title. Yeah. Mm. I remember when Blart Mania swept the nation... Yeah, the word, the name Blart was on the tip of everyone's tongue. Yeah, it was like when um, when Hollywood thought the name Chuck was really hilarious, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what what era was that? It was like uh, a good luck like Chuck, a, like uh, okay. NBC's Chuck. Mm-hmm. I know um, how to pronounce you, Chuck and Larry. Yeah, 
There was a many also starring Kevin James. You uh, three examples that you can, according to the New York State Regents, you can draw a line. I yeah. buy your I buy your argument. I think that that is what's required to write a New York Times trends piece. So, <laughs> okay, good work, so. Stuart. But uh, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, well, goodbye. <laughs> footsteps, 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 footsteps. <laughs> Door slam. We need a fucking foley, guys. <laughs> the radio uh, know how. Sure. It's just it's it, you're exuding it at this point. Uh, Kevin James, superstar yeah. Kevin James. Yeah, he played the the titular character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eponymous, we call it. <laughs> I like to say titular. Yeah, because there's a tit in there. Yeah, we at least one. You like. Yep. Paul Blart is what I like. In fact. Um, so, you know, what, what's the, what's the story here? Uh, hey, Brock. Yes. This is your first time. You yes, get it to is. to summarize the movie. Oh man, summarize the movie. So like hazing. there's a mall cop. Um, right. he does something amazing. He's given the chance to not be a mall cop anymore and he turns it down. That's pretty much what I learned from this wow, film. That's, wow, that was a really fast <laughs> <That's> summary. <awesome. laughs> Normally, Elliot takes like a zillion years describing the movie. And yeah, that's basically it, right? He, he's kind of a loser. And then, uh, then he's put into like a mall style Die Hard, mm-hmm. and with a bunch of like, like extreme the, sports bad guys. Yeah, the villains from well, not the villains from Hackers. I, I would say the heroes from Hackers. Although I guess Fisher Stevens also uh, skateboarded in the movie Hackers. Yeah, I mean, mm. I think all Hackers are probably villains. <laughs> okay, they're they're lovable rogues. <laughs> so right? imagine. Monday Robin Hoods uh, villains in the mode of the movie Hackers take You're over a mall. Very into urban sports and parkour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like most criminals are nowadays. <laughs> well, you need to do something to keep yourself in criminal shape. You know, it's it's very physically demanding to to hijack a mall. Basically, you mm-hmm. need something to uh, you know to tone yourself up when uh, when not hijacking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what happened is that their like online video career that they'd kind of started up with their extreme sports videos they made was really going poorly. Like maybe they broke all their video equipment, and thus they had to rob this mall. You think this mm-hmm. was to finance their extreme sports habit? I think they yeah. probably couldn't find any venture capitalists who were willing to to bankroll the uh, no uh, no their after website, the, so. after like the failure of the X Games and the XFL. <laughs> like, or maybe they just get off on the rush, you know, like in Point Break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like Bodhi. Yeah, it's a lot like the Bodhi Sattva. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Uh, character. Yeah, these extreme sports enthusiasts uh, take over them all. Yep. And uh, Paul Blart has to pull a, um, a Die Hard. What was his name? What? Die Hard's name. John McClane. <laughs> he's got to pull a McClane. <laughs> yeah, a diehard. <laughs> well, like, and he's got to save his huge-eyed, uh, doe-eyed, doe-eyed, mm-hmm. hopeful girlfriend. You know, like yeah. the, the object of his affection and his daughter, uh, who are hostages. And uh, you know, yeah, he does. I it. think that the bumbling buffoon comes through in the end. Yep. Well, there's a couple. Mm-hmm. There's a couple twists, but yeah, nothing, a few setbacks. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, it's pretty obstacles simple. to be overcome. Although, I, I don't know if he necessarily overcame them or sort of stepped around them. They weren't very large obstacles no. that were thrown in his way. I mean, I mean, I think he gets shot at like three or four times, mm-hmm. but yeah. they don't even come close. And then they people stop shooting at One of the things that we learned from watching the film is that uh, these mall hijackers, despite being heavily armed, um, didn't bring enough bullets, really, <laughs> to get the job done. I'm assuming. I mean, either that or, you know, they they had their guns, and I think deep down they're like, you know what? I don't want to murder anybody today. I was just way into extreme sports and the idea of this like 
mall heist was really cool, but I don't actually want to kill another human being because I don't know if I can I can deal with that in the dark hours of the night. I can't I can't see that dead man's face. Right, and the the movie takes place uh, on Black Friday, the, the the Friday after Thanksgiving, and I assume okay. that just the the holiday before probably put them in the the mindset like you know what are all these things that I'm thankful for? Mm-hmm. Sure, and I'm sure they don't want to uh, to. They thought about all those uh, dead Native Americans, and they're like, I don't need to add mall cops to that total. No, mm. like. Yeah, that's not what America was founded on, the ideals. No. But, um, oh, this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. Anything else weird? Uh, There's a couple twists and turns. Um, There's a lot of moments where he is incredibly proficient at doing what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then there's a number of moments. For every time that he's incredibly proficient, there's also a moment where he, you know, falls down a lot. Well, we see at the beginning of the movie that he became very close to uh, becoming a police officer. Within six inches, basically, of becoming a yeah. police officer. Yeah, he was going through the police academy. We can only assume along with uh, Steve Gutenberg and Michael Winslow. Sure. Uh, and, and that that Hightower character. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Kim Cattrall. And, mm-hmm. and Tackleberry. Sure. I guess, uh, basically, I guess, in the opening sequence, I guess the uh, the premise was established that he is technically proficient at some things, but bumbling at other things because he's kind of, you know, uh, he, he's running through the, the police obstacle course. He's sweating in, in um, very yeah. strategic areas. Underneath his man breast. And right around the belly button. Man. Those mm-hmm. are the only two places that he apparently sweats. He's having a hard time, uh, you know, keeping up with the, with the other uh, academy members. Yet, uh, because he does, he's incredibly obese. Exactly. But yet at one point he does swing on a, on a rope and does a flip uh, and lands on his feet. So I guess it's it's maybe he just has the ability to to every once in a while uh, put it all together. Yeah, he's got a lot of. I need, I need, a to, I need to retract a, a statement. What's Kevin that? James is not incredibly obese. Okay, he's, he's just, just a little, somewhat. He's, he's, he's a somewhat stocky. Fellow. Yeah, he's yeah. a little stocky. I think that I was there's being some unfair. muscle mass uh, underneath it. Yeah, I mean, you know. But the thing is, like, he's he, still pretty cute. You know, right. <laughs> sure, he's a credible romantic lead for Paul Bart Mall Club. Yeah, absolutely. Klopp. Mall clop. Uh, yeah, he's on. Oh, he's on horseback for for most of the time in the mall. That's why it's called mall clop, of course. Um, but no, he collapses right before uh, you know getting through the obstacle course mm-hmm. because he's hypoglycemic. And uh, one thing that you pointed out, Stuart, I did, is there's a lot of exposition in this movie, um, and you see that right off in the dinner scene between Paul Blart and his family when. Um, his mother says, like, oh, you're hypoglycemic. You need to have sugar around or else you're going to pass out. And you expect Paul Blart to be like, I know what hypoglycemic is, I've been Mom. living with it all my yeah, life. It's, it's a condition. Yeah. I've been to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, don't. And now that you say this on the day that my hypo, hypoglycemia <laughs> cost me a job, uh, I think it's really insensitive of you, Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and no, then he didn't say that. And then he puts peanut butter on some pot and eats it. <laughs> <laughs> so Which is life. really a way you should tag all scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like this movie a lot better if at the end of every scene, mm. just like out from outer frame, he picks up some, like a slice of pie with some peanut butter. I would butter like every movie it. better if, if that's how it worked. <laughs> like the, the scene in Heat where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino meet for the first time in that diner. It would be so much better if for the whole time they're just smearing peanut butter on pieces of pie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of simple touches that would have made Heat a better movie. Um, so, uh, so most yeah, of them involve peanut butter. There's, there's there's a love interest, and basically early on, you're just like, oh, this guy's a nerd. He'll never get a girl. Oh wait, he's totally mm-hmm. into this girl who looks like she's. 
pretty young. He's got a crazy mustache. Yeah. He's for the a- first 25 minutes, uh, a better title for the film would have been Paul Blart Mall Voyeur, because he's basically just spying on this girl through whatever means he has uh, yeah. at his fingertips, through the, the mall security cameras, through uh, sneaking around uh, the um, kiosk where she works. On his Segway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't say enough about the Segway use in this movie. Ridiculous. <laughs> Dean Kamen is incredibly thrilled that the uh, the product placement in this movie worked as well as it did. Yeah. So yeah, so it's such a like it's such a slow start. You have like the asshole, the happy. Ha- this is a happy Madison movie of various mm-hmm. Adam Sandler movie fame. Yeah, and uh, so they had to throw in like typical happy Madison style douchebag character. Um, who's- like what, what about that? There's that one guy. Who's Alan, in all those uh, movies. Alan Covert. Yeah, uh, who You're, shows up. You were talking Brock about how like characters in this movie once their usefulness is done they just disappear, they just disappear. from the film it's, it's ruthlessly efficient that character his character had no usefulness in the film uh, he however had one, he just disappeared uh, he, he had one moment of usefulness which is he's the first one to make visual contact with the, the mall hijackers mm. without him uh suddenly there'd just be these dudes with guns roaming about through the mall yeah um, but yeah after that point you never see him again he ru- he literally runs off uh, I assume to this day the movie. he is just still running <laughs> somewhere, yeah, <laughs> running into other films that are being produced. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the I want to touch on the, these hijackers or criminals or whatever. They they all go by uh, reindeer names. I'm guessing because Black Friday <laughs> is uh, you know a key Christmas shopping day. And when I, th- they f- I thought it was in uh, homage to the hit film Reindeer Games. <laughs> I didn't even ben think Affleck. about it that way. Um, I'll have to think about it like that later <laughs> okay. when I'm watching Reindeer Games. <laughs> um, so so they're using these stupid names, uh, and then they actually show up to the mall wearing jumpsuits with those reindeer names on their uh, on their name tag. Really, right. That's a lot of effort. And well, I mean, silly. Either it's a lot of effort or. It's not a lot of effort if you look at it like maybe these uh, crooks were too lazy to learn each other's code names. Okay. Or maybe it's one of those things where they don't want to know each other's real names. So when the, the heist is done, they can go their separate ways and never turn on mm-hmm. each other. The mm-hmm. thing that I'm most interested in to see is is what Neo Tarantino is going to use this as inspiration <laughs> for the criminals in his movie 20 to 30 years from now. Yeah. That is a good idea. Reservoir Blart. <laughs> We called. Pretty sure that's where New York City gets his water supply. <laughs> <laughs> so the one, one thing I did like about this movie, um, surprise, surprise, uh, the the setup is Paul Blart has a daughter, and she doesn't look exactly like Kevin James. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you find then so you're like, hmm, this daughter appears to be. Um, Hispanic in some way. Yeah. Am, am I racist for thinking that? That's... Yes. And then you find out you're not racist for oh. thinking that because uh, he's a single dad because he had married a woman who was an illegal immigrant. Apparently, they were married long enough for him to get her pregnant, and then she's out of the picture because she was only there for a green card. And they don't they like have like some crazy. Speaking of racism, don't they have like some crazy like photo of her on the wall, like wearing a sombrero? They do on, top on of a, like a, mule? a burrow. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's very weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw they honeymooned at the Grand Canyon and did one of the, the donkey rides down into the uh, and, uh, to donkey the donkey rides. Yeah, yeah they, they have uh, they have donkey rides down to the bottom of uh, the Grand Canyon to, to the Colorado River. Wait, really? Yeah, 
Oh, Donkey Ride. Sorry, I thought you were talking about something else. <laughs> um, the film Donkey Punch. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking of that either. The So it is weird, though, that uh, that borough was supporting both the weight of Kevin James and an obese uh, well, illegal. But, and, and this woman, she was obese. Yeah, not, like, She's I'm not stocky. Also, it's like, it's like, hey, honey, we took this picture of me and your mom on top of a borough wearing sombreros just to remind you that your mom was Mexican. Like he, it's yeah. a, Kevin Why? James feels it's important for his daughter to know her cultural roots. I guess. Do you think it was just too much effort to have a picture of like a traditional Mexican style wedding where mm-hmm. he's marrying this woman? Maybe I think in an early draft it was just, uh, uh, celebrate Day of the Dead. Maybe sure. Yeah. Maybe have a, a quinceanera. Uh, or, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm Even better. Mispronouncing it, but the 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 the, the traditional celebration that uh, in Latino cultures comes at the uh, a girl's fifteenth maybe a, a, uh, birthday. A quinceanera is that? Yeah, for, I think that's it. Closer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, I thought that was a good setup because I've never ever seen a movie that <laughs> uses that setup before. <laughs> The, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the so missing preach- mom is an illegal immigrant who was just there long enough to shard out a little kid. You appreciate <laughs> that, like, they were like, okay, we want him to be a single dad. Let's think of a, a slightly more interesting reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why? like, so that the mom isn't dead, or maybe the mom could have died in some kind of a mall-based heist mm-hmm. that... Causes him, I don't Or know. maybe the mom was an international jewel thief, which is why he hates criminals. That that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that happened. <laughs> I think that's going to be something to used uh, uh, to describe many points in this movie. That happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was noted, and then we moved on. Yeah. The, the criminals use invisible ink. Invisible ink uh, features highly in their plan. That happened. Yeah. That was weird. Mm-hmm. There's a, there- so a lot of skateboarding. Okay, well, that here's happened. something that is interesting. Um, a cell phone features highly in the um, in the plot of the movie. Okay. Basically, just the fact that Kevin James has a cell phone is featured highly. Like, okay, we need to give Kevin James a cell phone. Rather than just giving Kevin James a cell phone, they uh, come up with this elaborate backstory. Yeah, that he doesn't have one, right? Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I can't text the girl I like because I don't have a cell phone. And so the... Um, the guy who works at the cell phone um, like kiosk. VJ is his name. Yeah. He has to give uh, Kevin James's character, Paul Blart, sorry. <laughs> he has to give Paul Blart his daughter's cell phone, which he's confiscated from her mm-hmm. because she's, I don't know, I don't know. She went over on her minutes. Okay, that, yeah. was, that was what that happened. Was, yeah, there were, there, that, at points there are logical reasons for things that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, 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 he loans his daughter's cell phone to this man <laughs> so uh, uh, Paul Blart can text the girl that he likes. And then that gives uh, Paul Blart a cell phone that he can use to take pictures of various things during the uh, robbery to that he can, keep in text yeah, contact he, with the hostages. But couldn't he just have had a cell phone? Like, the only reason... Well, it's interesting. I think that's uh, something that maybe was uh, weeded out in all the different drafts of the film is that Paul Blart has Luddite tendencies. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't allow his daughter to have one. He still listens to cassette tapes. Uh, he uses a very old computer. He does ride around on a Segway instead of walking like a normal human, though. And that's the opposite of Luddite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do agree that he does listen to cassette tapes rather than having... <laughs> that happened. He listened to cassette DVD tapes. That was, an, that was an interesting <laughs> choice. Perhaps an unmotivated one. Um, like The only reason that there is to justify the fact that he didn't have his own cell phone was that there was a um, an Indian-American uh, uh, young man character 
who was in love with the the girl who had the cell phone and so he kept he kept, at the beginning of the movie he called up Paul Blart and like basically like accused him of you know having some sort of affair which is really creepy with the girl cuz the yeah. girl's only about 14 years old yeah but um this 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 kid played yeah, by that's creepy. Uh, if you if you saw the short-lived WB sitcom Angel, uh, <laughs> Aliens in America, nope, uh, it was played Is that by like the, Angels in America. No, no, that, that that's a that's a that's a Fantasia on gay themes. Oh, yeah. this okay. is a uh, uh, Aliens in America. It was a Fantasia on uh, modern American paranoia towards those of Middle Eastern descent. Yeah, but oh, um, <laughs> so they weren't like aliens. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, but uh, Raja. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So it's Mark a lot Singer. like it's a lot like V, right? Exactly it was a lot. Like it was a v. v with a laugh track. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Uh, but the guy, <laughs> the guy played Raja in that movie. Um, basically, plays sitcom. like this jealous uh, guy. You said it was a sitcom dance. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You said movie. And then, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. <laughs> okay. At the end of the uh, movie, Paul Blart Mall Cop, it comes up that um, he Raja calls him back, and they're all of a sudden. They're he friends. and Paul Blart are buddies. They're buddies. They're best buds. They're old, old pals. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. Paul Blart's celly's blowing up because, and, oh, it's it's Raja calling just to see what's up. I think um, uh, maybe it's just, you know, uh, to use a, a metaphor, drawing their water from the same well makes them makes them friends yeah. after at that point. They clearly both like the same thing. Mm. Yeah. This 14-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, like, plot-wise was then that I guess uh, because he's – like a, a, an Indian uh, gentleman, sure. he's he's good with computers. I don't know. Like let's let's go down Makes the, stere- to me. the stereotype road again. He's able to GPS the cell phone, which allows Paul Blart to find uh, the hostages. Yeah, a lot of stalkerish behavior going on on the part of male characters in this film towards their female counterparts. Yeah. Paul Blart, uh, you know, using mall security cameras to spy on his would-be paramour. Uh, um, the the Indian fellow uh, installing GPS on his girlfriend's phone to keep in uh, contact with her at all times. Well, but also there's a lot of really unnecessary uh, plot mechanics to explain things that don't need to be explained. Explained, Dan. <laughs> well, earlier in the movie, there's a scene where Paul Blart makes an ass of himself in front of his uh, his intended, his loved one, the one that he's sure. interested in, and uh, he does this by getting drunk in front of her and acting crazy for uh, what seems like the the first time in his life uh yeah he he, he tipples too much he's not a drinker well he says that at many points right yeah the and, sugar and converts him, into blah 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 yeah he, mm. he starts like tripping balls or something he mm-hmm. starts acting really weird it's as if uh, the grateful dead somehow dosed uh whatever he was drinking at american joe's but to explain this is that ex- a real restaurant name i don't know <laughs> i was trying to figure it out we should Wikipedia, that shit. Yeah, yeah. If not a restaurant name, American Joe's sounds like maybe like a like a morning show on some radio. Radio. Yeah, Joe Scarborough should host it. American Joe's. American Joe's sounds good. Um, no, but like they have to explain Paul Blart getting drunk, and so they do it by all of a sudden he's in a nacho eating contest Mm -hmm. with a gentleman who runs the uh, hot sauce kiosk, who we, by the way, have not been introduced to before. I don't believe he was ever introduced by name either. No. Uh, And so... Yeah, that that nacho eating contest was a good scene. (laughs) He's in the middle of this nacho eating contest, 
and uh, he eats a really hot pepper, mm-hmm. and so he needs to grab a pitcher full of margaritas from a nearby table and basically drink it all down. There couldn't possibly be a situation where he just drinks too much because he's an adult let's, let's who sometimes indulges. And stuck in a dead-end job yeah. uh, with the pressures of living with his mom and supporting a teenage daughter. Uh, I would assume that he'd want to drink. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't kind of alleviate that pain. to afford a cell phone. Yeah, it's, not like, <laughs> it's not like the audience is going to be like, ah, he's really drunk in this, uh, in this scene. I just don't buy it. <laughs> if only there was some sort of nacho eating contest. Everything's going so this. well for him. Like, you know what? A nacho eating contest would give us a great opportunity to have a scene filled with people trying to talk to each other with their mouths full. <laughs> That's hilarious, right? And we don't need to write dialogue for it. But Stuart, I mean, when oh, he wait, gets... You, you thought that was all improv? I, I assume, yeah. Like, I don't know. It seemed pretty it seemed tight. Too tight? Really tight. <laughs> That's true. Like a really good, Like a really good episode of Curb. I mean, yeah, in retrospect, like seeing just the, like, how choreographed the the nachos sure. went into each other's mouth never at the same time no. so they, that one couldn't talk to the other well written <laughs> now, now Stuart um you've been known to imbibe sure you're, yeah. you're, you're a drinker kind of you're currently dating a bartender sure um so Kevin Bar James actually uh pretty accurate the way he was drunk right that's, that's how exactly. I get all the time I often, when I drink too much in the night, I uh, climb over people. I tear off my shirt and fall out a window. <laughs> you punch a guy who's singing karaoke. I punch a guy who's singing karaoke, and then I get massive tattoos all over my back. Like, yeah, like incredibly intricate Miami Ink level yeah. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, you know, when you get uh, drunk, it's like you've been dosed with some sort of hallucinogen like uh, some sort of very powerful i mean i wouldn't know because i don't take a lot of hallucinogens <laughs> specifically powerful ones mm-hmm. but when i start drinking i just get crazy man like it's it's like uh like one of those movies with alice in wonderland and all that kind of business <laughs> oh, i thought you were like one of those movies like paul blart mall cop <laughs> it's a lot like this scene in paul blart, blart mall, mall cop dan so i can't what you're saying i can't say being... stop saying mall cop by the way <laughs> the the blart i think maybe that was the, the design of the film They're there's like, a great oh, scene where he's just he's on horseback <laughs> and he's really he's just like he's he's whipping this this thoroughbred harder and harder to catch up with the skateboarding criminal and then uh, at the very last moment he he yanks hard on the reins the the horse rears up on its two legs and just comes down right on top of the uh mm-hmm. The hijacker, and then he thro- wasn't that in true lies. <laughs> then he then he throws a jack o' lantern at the <laughs> criminal. What? <laughs> Wait, I think this is while you were in the bathroom. Oh, this scene. Fuck off! You should have rewound it. Oh man, yeah. you guys just admitted that I went to the bathroom. Makes me look unprofessional. Thanks. <laughs> Makes you look like a human being <laughs> yeah. with a bladder. Mm. Nope. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. Like I think we're doing a really good job of summarizing this movie. So <laughs> that, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean the the daughter was kind of weird. The mm-hmm. love story was kind of awkward. Um, does have a mustache, which is pretty cool. The mustache, frankly, is better characterized than most of the characters in the film. The bad guy has a really cool bad guy coat mm-hmm. um, and a cool bad guy name. Yeah, a bad guy. By the way. Uh, you're introduced to him as Paul Blart's new partner in the mall security business. And then, uh-oh, switcheroo, twist. He's the leader. He's actually the boss. Of the hijackers. He's, he's the Bowser. Uh-huh. 
And, uh, you know, yeah, as mm-hmm. you say, he's got really cool uh, I'm a Thief uh, clothes that he wears. Like, and, apparently he had his bad guys bring them to him, like the like the long duster or yeah, whatever, some sort with a, of coat. With a cool collar. Yeah. yeah. Much more tech-savvy than uh, Paul Blart as well. Yeah. Using uh, every bit of technology. Yeah, I believe Paul Blart even mentions that he's good on computers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's <laughs> one of the ways that he, he admitted that the, uh, the arch, his arch enemy was better than him. Yeah, yeah. The, the great thing about this this bad guy is um, like the writing in the script is so tight that they give him a lot of really good uh, like monologues where he basically just summarizes all the things that Paul Blart has done up until this point that have been stupid. <laughs> It'll be like, you know, you're overweight, you didn't make it in the police academy, you fell down that one time. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't start going into other elements of his backstory. You didn't graduate high school. Sure. You got rooked in a marriage, yep. um, etc. <laughs> you you peed the bed four times between mm-hmm. the ages of 10 and 23. You didn't have a male role model growing up, I assume. Uh, <laughs> your father was not in the film. Uh, um, That's true. Mm-hmm. You, you prefer Ghostbusters 2 to the original <laughs> Ghostbusters. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> How could that be? <laughs> Uh yeah, there's you know there's not a lot to this movie is the thing when it comes down to it. I mean we have I guess we haven't mentioned uh, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, is uh, in this movie. Oh yeah, Wait, the that's station guy, agents right? Bobby yeah, yeah. Cannavale. He's the um he's the head man of the who, SWAT team. Yeah, and lip syncs in the nude to uh to Roberta Flack in mm-hmm. the uh, in the ten. Yeah, no. for the ten people that saw that film. <laughs> and he. I'm uh, sorry, David Wayne. Burn. <laughs> Uh, no, it was a pretty good movie. No, it's uh, had its ups and downs. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's on Netflix. Watch instantly. People. The scene with <laughs> the the one with Liev Schreiber is really funny. No, well, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's That's way the high hilarious. Point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, and there's some twists. It's not yeah. It's one involving Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. true. Uh, Man, we won't explain that twist. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really. Worth you could it. figure yeah. it out, I'm sure. Judge Judge Phelan from the wires in it as uh, the head of security, as a would be wisecracking. Well, understand is because that guy, that guy. Uh, there's a switcheroonie at the end where that guy turns out to be a bad guy, right? Bobby Cannavale. Well, yeah, but why did he drive with Paul Blart to the airfield? Just so that, like, why would he take? The good guy, the hero. I believe this was ex- actually explained, uh, Stuart, which is that he could eliminate all of the witnesses at once. Well, why didn't he just shoot him in the car? That's true. He could have killed Paul Blart in the car and then transported. Or, I guess he would have bled all over the car. One thing that yeah, uh, I mean, he didn't need that car. There, that's a question <laughs> that you can ask yourself a lot in this movie: is why didn't they just kill Paul Blart already? Yeah, and I think it goes back to the point where they just didn't bring enough bullets to get the job done. Sure. Or he's just too good, I think, is what the movie's trying to show. Is he's <laughs> just too damn good. And they wow. showed it instead of telling it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, anything else, Dan? No, I think we can wrap up on uh, Paul Blart and give our uh, final judgments on this movie. Now, to again, to reset this yeah, okay. for new listeners, we have uh, three official Flophouse categories, although we often discard them. <laughs> In favor of uh, just some rambling. Just doing what feels right. (laughs) Just doing what our body wants. (laughs) Feels good. Uh, Number one, is this a good, bad movie? A movie that's uh, funny some way in its badness? A bad, bad movie? A movie that gives no enjoyment? Or a movie that we genuinely liked in some way? So, Stuart, what do you think? Um, Well, this isn't a good movie. Um, 
I don't. I, I can't say that it's so bad that it's a bad, bad movie. I got a couple of yucks out of it, which is all I'm really asking for in a comedy nowadays. You know, just get a couple <laughs> smiles out of me. Uh-huh. So in that, bring it, you to the to, verge of laughter. Yeah. So it, <laughs> to soothe the pain of being alive. Yeah, just that's a little thing. bit. Just make me, you know, just make me forget for roughly an hour and a half. <laughs> forget all the things I've done. So I'm going to say a good, bad movie. Like, you know, I had fun making fun of it. Kevin James is pretty easy on the eyes. <laughs> and he's up for it, you know? Like, he he makes an effort. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't... I this is a, We've been doing this a lot lately, so I feel bad, but I feel like this kind of falls outside of the categories, like... I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good bad movie because I don't think it's like hilarious in its badness. I don't think it's a bad bad movie because there was a couple. Like I had a couple genuine laughs in it, but it's not like I actually really liked it. Like it fell short of being like good. But you know what? It moved fast. It moved faster than twelve rounds, even which moved pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, Kevin James, as you say, you know, made the most of a bad script. Like he seemed likable, and he seemed like he could be funny if it was given good material. Sure. Um, that's about all I can say for it, though. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to echo the sentiment so far. I mean, I, I feel bad not towing the company line uh, the first time I'm part of the podcast, but yeah, I agree. It falls somewhere between good bad movie and bad bad movie. You know, it's. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, like Kevin James tried hard, and I think the movie did try to deliver laughs uh it just didn't do it very successfully yeah um so 50 percent of the time you gotta laugh right uh no that's yeah very high that's being charitable then um yeah okay well i'm not gonna try and come up with another estimate how about 14 i was gonna say 15 so let's do 14.5 yeah. Okay, and I'll, I mean, we'll have to watch it again to actually test that. But I think no, I think it's not. Let's not watch it again. You, I will you say, watch reindeer games instead. Okay, let's watch reindeer games. I was going to count the number of fart sound effects used in the film, and there was only one. So I guess you know, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to give that last 0.5 percent back to the film. We'll go to 15 percent. So wow. Michael Bay's Transformers 2: uh, Revenge of the Fallen beats Paul Blart on number of fart sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now we're going to move on to the portion of the show where we actually make a few recommendations to prove that we're not hateful people filled with bitterness and uh, spiders. Uh, (laughs) So if there's something that we've seen recently or not recently, depending on uh, how busy our week has been, that we might want to uh, recommend... Now's the time to do so. And Brock, I believe you actually have a recommendation. I do. Um, I saw Moon last week, and... um I didn't love it, but uh, I I enjoyed most of it. Um, you know, it's uh, a qualified recommendation. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Uh, I went in having very high expectations for it, um, just because it's it's the type of film that I like. Uh, I like uh, ponderous science fiction films, and uh, I guess it, it just wasn't quite as ponderous as I thought it would be. But I uh, I appreciate it for. Uh, well, you wanted it to be more ponderous. I wanted yeah. it to be more ponderous. It was like like wow. Ice Pirates. <laughs> what is Ice Pirates? Yeah, like Ice Pirates, the movie Ice Pirates. It was like Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. <laughs> that's not that's not a science fiction. Well, kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, just keep going. Well, either way, uh, I, I it's it's a film that had ambition, uh, and I appreciated that, even if it didn't. Uh, uh, didn't follow through on its ambition all the time. Uh, I like Sam Rockwell a lot, and I thought he gave a fine performance. 
Uh, and it was pretty much uh, a one-character uh, film, which is very hard to pull off, and especially for a first-time director. So um, I would say I would recommend Moon. Stuart, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I'm going to recommend something that I might have already recommended, but I can't remember, so I'm going to recommend it anyway. Sure. Or just take it uh, to mean that it's totally worth watching. It's a little movie called The Granny. Uh, premise of the movie is this old lady, super rich, doesn't want to give up her money to her like money-grubbing children. Um, so she meets this weird mystic guy, and uh, he gives her this weird potion, and but she fucks up the instructions a la gremlins and drinks too much and then she <laughs> dies and then comes back as like a crazy demon lady um, and uh, begins murdering all of her, her horrible offspring except for the one uh, beautiful granddaughter um, who had been taking care of her who is the perfect definite like picture like dictionary perfect definition of the like beautiful girl who has a ponytail and glasses so everyone's like oh you're gross looking like literally people in the movie are like you're so plain and gross and you're like that's crazy (laughs) um and uh yeah it's a totally awesome movie and gets way weirder than i could even describe right now so the granny you need to go watch this movie sounds like a george saunders short story yes well uh i don't i actually can't verify that (laughs) (laughs) she was just very agreeable um what do you have for us dan Jeez, I've been f- racking my brain. And, uh, <laughs> Podcasts. <laughs> Listen to them. Yeah, They're I'm going to recommend The Flophouse. Okay. It's a really good podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know if I can agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, what's good about it? I don't know. There's this guy, Stuart. Okay, uh, you're winning me over. <laughs> I, hear, I like Stuart's. I hear he's got a, a really like enticing low voice. The ladies yep. like it. Baritone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't, you know, it's a TV show and I'm actually like only halfway through it. Like uh, an episode? Yeah. Like you're only halfway through one episode of a TV <laughs> no, show. I'm halfway through like the first series of it. Okay. Um, so it had two episodes? Uh, four. Four. Being a British series. I'm going to recommend Prime Suspect. I don't think it needs to be recommended because, uh, they made seven series of it, and it starred Helen Mirren, and it's uh, obviously, uh, you know, as a BBC series. Got Benny Hill in goes, it? It's fairly successful. <laughs> no, Benny Hill's not in it. Any of the Monty Python guys? No. Yeah. Does Helen Mirren chase scantily clad girls to sped up uh, footage? No. And, uh, That'd actually be pretty good. She does also doesn't, like, you know, go into a changing room on a beach uh, and, you know, f- surprise a buxom blonde at any point. However... She stars in it. Tom Wilkinson's in it. Uh, a bunch of, you know, you know, um, unpleasant looking middle aged British men are in it. You know, I love Tom Wilkinson, mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah, and Can I you like say that just for me. No. Okay. And I like that British people are still unafraid to put ugly people on television, yeah, which is something really we are. don't do in America anymore. Uh, you know, just if you're looking for a uh, you know hard boiled, uh, accurate police procedural like mm-hmm. uh, like. I, you get a real feel that this is the way, um, you know, like police stations probably work. It, it seems like in that way, kind of like a British wire, although more like focused on like the whodunit rather than like the you know like the, the institutions institutions of yeah. a city. But uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. So that's okay. what I recommend. So wow, yeah. What else do we got to do? <laughs> well, I think we pretty much just sign off at this point, Stuart. 
Hey, uh, you were saying something about America not putting um, ugly people on television. Yes. You need to watch this show, The Millionaire Matchmaker. Okay, I'm sorry. I meant uh, not in uh, – they they won't put ugly people in scripted material okay. anymore. Yeah, Because that, that chick's busted. <laughs> no way, no. Okay, so what do we do? <laughs> we sign off at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, uh, I want to yeah. say thanks for having me. This yeah, has been no, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, especially thanks, at short notice. Uh, okay, well, uh, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. And uh, I've been Brock Mahan. Good night, everyone. Yay! You like how I messed up the thing at the end where I started talking first? I haven't even been drinking. Uh, There's some kind of actual confirmation. Like when girls are like, hey, you know, you're not bad down there. There are figures on like average penis size that you can find. Yeah, I know, but like... When when you, I, I discovered that I actually had to upgrade my condom size, and then I had to go to the fucking store and buy like regular, and I'm like, maybe I'll get a small pack of these. By the way, these are this is what's going on at the end of the podcast, just to okay. get the word out, <laughs> sure. even more so. Um, make me embarrassed, huh? It's not gonna work. Oh no, no, I'm trying to help you out. Lulu's gonna if eat it, while we do this. It's, huh? if it's important for you to get the word out. I will help. Thanks. <laughs>